Hello, and welcome to the Super Plumber Brothers, the semi-casual podcast where we'll be reviewing Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Switch's newest title that combines Super Mario 64, originally for the Nintendo 64, Super Mario Sunshine, originally for the Nintendo GameCube, and Super Mario Galaxy, originally for the Nintendo Wii. We will be reviewing each boss level by level, week by week, and game by game. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. My name is Anthony Cortez. I'm a Denver-based artist, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts. This is Luke. I'm one of the co-hosts. Yeah, yeah. Luke Rendazzo. I am a uh, musician and a programmer and just a lover of Mario, I guess. So that's why I'm here. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm also a longtime Mario player, um, first time uh, Mario podcaster, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I just have quite a bit of experience with uh, the games themselves and uh, the kind of stories around how they were made. I'm, I'm usually pretty interested in that kind of stuff. So here I am. Well, let's just start with you, Ben. Uh, I guess... Maybe what attracts you to Mario, uh, or what do you find interesting, or, or, or how yeah, did you become no, a fan? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a sucker for overalls. Saggy. Um, no, uh, it was actually because I, I never actually had a Mario game growing up until I was well into college, um, and I never graduated. So that's probably to blame. Thanks, Mario. <laughs> Uh, no, so it was always uh, at friend's house. Uh, I mean, one of the things I love so much about it is that uh, immediately, instantly, any uh, Mario game that you pick up, you know exactly what to do. Uh, like, you hear yeah, the Goomba's there. of the game stumble. itself. Uh, and it's fun, too. That's the thing, is like, it's never, you never feel like I'm learning to play the game and then it will be fun. It's always, no, 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 just simply interacting, just moving Mario around the screen is fun. Uh, and that's right. incredibly challenging to pull off uh, from a design standpoint and from like a programming standpoint. And that's just like, I, you don't even notice it until you notice it. And then you can't stop noticing how good it is. Uh, so that's that's always what I loved about Mario, uh, first off. Luke, same question. Uh, what attracts you to Mario? Or doesn't? I mean, you don't have you are a Mario fan, already stated that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. uh, how did you get into Mario? Or, or what do you like about Mar- the Mario games? Well, I should—I guess I should say first of all, I, I play a lot of different video games in general, so I'm—I'm—I would say I'm a fan of the medium. Um, Mario is among a very short list of games that has a very special place as being one of the first thing I played. So I was born in 1991, um, so that was I think shortly before the Super Nintendo came out. But um, my family didn't get a Super Nintendo right away, and actually we were kind of late to the N64 as well. So I I, I remember my first memories of playing like any video game. I was maybe three or four years old. Um, and I was playing uh, Super Mario Brothers, the original, or I guess some people might oh, nitpick no, that. It's not the original, original, but Super it's the Mario first. Brothers is the first Mario Brothers. Okay, we know sure. what you're talking yeah, about. So the, yeah, the Super Jump Mario Man. Brothers on the Super That's Nintendo. Jumpman. Right. Jump the Game <laughs> and Watch. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, uh, I started with that one, and... Um, that, you know that game is. I still think that game. You know, is I've hard, actually to be never I mean, beaten that straight through as... the the whole Super Mario. I've never oh, wow. I've never yeah. gone through from World One all the way. Oh, through you, to you've World done it with 8. the shortcuts. I've, full of shortcuts. I, yeah. I. <laughs> no, I have a very similar experience with 
you, Luke. Uh, my my mom, my dad bought uh, my mom uh, the NES um, as she was pregnant with me. Uh, so I think I was playing Mario before <laughs> I was playing Mario. Uh, and so, like, as soon as I was able to hold the controller, I think I think that was the one of the first things I ever did was start playing the Mario games themselves. Um, and I mean, as I got in, I, I went, I got a little bit older. Uh, specifically, Super Mario 64 was like my game because the NES was like the family council, but they bought the, mm-hmm. you know, I got, it was Christmas and all my family came over and everyone was super excited because it's, you know, Mario is finally in 3D. And after we've waited, you know, dec- a decade or decades for, for this to happen. And, you know, th- that was kind of like, you know, it's, it's it was just instrumental to the way that, that I grew up with, with gaming. It was definitely like, I would say my first game was Super Mario 64. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, my first one was the the original and kind of Super Mario World right around the same time for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Right. And um, I I, re- I it's hard for me to keep track of like the years. I don't know if we got the N sixty four right away or all. I remember is that Mario sixty four was kind of the talk of the town. Sixty four was a uh, Mario was a, a launch title for it. Uh, and I think it was ninety six. Well, that was yeah. I know that it came out in ninety six. Yeah, I know that it came out in ninety six. I don't remember if I got ah, it in ninety six or ninety seven. I, I, I just don't remember. Um, but uh, real, real quick either way, did you, yeah, did you have definitely one of those, controllers those that was see through purple because mm-hmm. those were the coolest. <laughs> yeah, then, but that yes, those I ones did. the game yes. the joystick kind of always the joystick always broke off. Yeah, the ones with like and they had like the N sixty four joystick is trash. Hey, it was the first one of its kind. I mean, it was it was it, it literally no, was. Yeah, it, it was the first of its kind, but it also <laughs> at this point is trash. I think it's fair to say. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, all um, of them, just all to wrap this to, up, yeah, to so, bring it back around to Mario, you know, Mario sixty four is kind of the same way. First of its kind, it's it's aged. Let's say. It's aged, but I think it's aged better than a lot of other. Let's get into that in a Definitely minute, true. though, because let's we'll focus on Agreed. just to Sorry, finish. Yeah. Didn't want to. Just to finish up ourselves. the conversation on on this topic. Yeah, right. just to finish it up here. So, I um, what's what's continued to attract me to it throughout the years is every single time one comes out, I get older, obviously, and I am always continue to be surprised with how inventive they continue to be, and it's something that continues to earn my attention, although it's still very much targeted at children from like a a. a graphical and kind of character standpoint it's something that i still it's like a pixar movie kind of oh look there's a cat on the screen all of you so you still you, probably can't hear you this. get older and uh the mario stays the same all right yeah or i just can i continue to appreciate the inventiveness <laughs> right. of it yeah. and i that's, genuinely that's I we'll get more into this games. in a minute here we'll continue to get into this in a minute here but uh, <laughs> yes sorry all right yeah but that, a, that's it for me yeah. go ahead so so we were talking about um, kind of the N64 and like when it came out. So anyone jump at it any time, but I was doing some research uh, before the podcast and um, kind of looking at how uh, Mario 64 kind of came to be. You know, it seemed that um, when the developers were thinking about Mario, um, you know, it's kind of like the game that was always intended to be their 3D game. Um, kind of from the inception. So at the beginning, uh, there was this game that I've never played before, uh, and it's called NES Glider, and it was kind of like this British game that was uh, came out for the NES and kind of used like that proto 3D software to kind of like... Yeah, um, you mean uh, like Star Fox. You know, 
like right. Uh, like, like uh, what are they called? Mode eight, mode nine. Their their whole three D protocol. The like really super hyper polygonal. Um, yeah. 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 So that that comes out that influences Star Fox, as Luke was saying, um, because they come out with this thing called the Super Effects chip um, for the SNES. And so uh, Miyamoto, who I you know is is kind of like the the celebrity of of the gaming world. Yeah, I, I hear things about him. Uh, he's Mickey Mouse. He, he's <laughs> a Mickey Mouse or like a Walt Disney. Oh, he's sort of both he's, he's for both. Nintendo. Yeah, he's totally he is both. both Mickey he's, Mouse he's, and, and yeah. Walt Disney. He's like an action. So he, he's like a mascot and the guy who created the mascot. <laughs> he's just both. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, it's like a horrifying but incredibly charming time loop. He's like Barack Obama. You're right. Yeah, except you know, not born in Kenya. <laughs> No. <laughs> like uh, Barack so, Obama. But <laughs> so uh, what happened is that they, they look at, um, you know, they, they use this effects chip, and then Rare starts um, their game, their big game. Obviously, it's Donkey Kong in 1994. Uh, they use what's called the Silicon Graphics Computer, um, and they're going to – it has a bigger name, but we're just going to call them SGI Computers – um, to render the 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 game itself, and it, it was used in a bunch of uh, movies as well. Yeah, that was so, uh, that was an old know. technique that replaced stop motion before um, live action, or before yeah. like uh, like really really smooth uh, CG animations. What they would do is they would run a really really complex animation through a computer, and then they would take still shots of those animations and then play them all one after the other. So it looked really good. Um, right, but it wasn't actually happening in real time. That's that's the famous Donkey Kong look, and uh, Nintendo did that exactly again for um, the Mario RPG, which was also on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, so that was like the next point. So the, basically, Miyamoto he looks at Rare, uh, but their budget was not as big. No, so he had to produce uh, an emulator, emulator software to um, create. Uh, Super Mario, or sorry, um, the Mario RPG. So basically, at the beginning, like they're using, uh, you know, this this kind of like cheating software to create the RPG game, and then they develop this huge um, 3D project with a Nintendo, and it's like pretty hush hush. Miyamoto has a team of about four people to start designing uh, what's essentially going to be the Super Mario 64. Um, game and basically he says you know we're I, i'm gonna do this because i'm passionate interested in making games but no way in hell you're going to make a game from a 250 console he's like this is impossible because at the time the computers were were astronomically expensive so basically as he's as his team's creating super mario 64 the the hardware does catch up to, to the game and he's like holy shit like, I can finally, you know, we can finally make this game. So, basically, he's got to scramble together um, a few uh, 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 levels for the game. He presents it in 95, along with Kirby Ball, which was never created. And so, in, in that original uh, game, we have a couple things going on. Number one, it was always intended to be a uh, multiplayer game. Luigi was always a part of the game itself. Um, oh yeah, what, what uh, it actually really... uh, there was there's there's been a very 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 long standing uh, I guess conspiracy 
that Luigi is secretly in Mario 64, and I mean, it's been going on for, what, 25 years, and it's largely based on rumors and inaccuracies. But there was a, a recently, a very, very massive uh, data breach at Nintendo that is being called the Giga Leak, and actually there were two of them. Uh, and it turns out that, yeah, uh, 20 years later, Luigi confirmed. It's just, he's not playable. There's no rigging for him. There's no animations for him. But his, his file actually is in there. Yeah. Which is, well, which is well, cool. But yeah. So according to the thing that I read, and I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, he was screenshot to, at, the, at the first demo of the game. So oh, really? what, 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 the hardest part was the, was, and Luke's going to bring this up, uh, the camera. So they could mm. not, like, develop a game at that point. They couldn't logistically think about, like, how can we have either a dual screen or the same screen? And what happens when the characters get too far from each other? Like, what's going to happen when, when we do that? So basically, uh, that was the last thing cut. Luigi was cut in 96. And they basically were like, we're going to have this a one-player Mario game. Um, and so, like, basically they had these great concepts in mind. And then they kind of, like you know, uh, skim the milk, so to speak, to, to basically produce Super Mario 64 right, for right. E3 yeah. in 96 and, and, sh- and sor- shortly after the release. So, you know, it was just kind of like they had all these great ideas. They had uh, double the amount of levels. They had really intense gameplay, but they basically, you know, since it was one of the their first major 3D platforms at, at Nintendo, they, they basically were like, you know what, we want this to be, you know, as, as as fun as possible, not you know all these goofy things going on. So, uh, basically, that is the yeah the ten minute history of uh, Super Mario sixty four. A lot of that stuff I didn't know about um, about uh, the uh, the those 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 rasterized three D stills from Donkey Kong Country being the original inspiration yeah. for actually going through yeah. it. It's super interesting. Um, but uh, one thing that I wanted to point out, just from a technology standpoint, I don't know necessarily as much about the history, but uh, going into this, I was just trying to pay attention to some things, and uh, obviously the hardware was super limited back then, and. Um, that's why you have these huge triangles well, all over the place because the rasterizer in the N64 can only handle You say that, at once. Mm. but uh, the that? reason it's called the Nintendo 64 is because it was originally a 64-bit system, which is what operating systems run on now. Uh, I mean, it, it took them yeah. 20-odd oh, years to catch up to the N64, although the N64 actually wound up, due to production costs, not actually being 64 bits. Uh, but that was because, uh, Anthony, what you were saying with uh, how they had all these like grand, massive plans to have Luigi and have the camera and everything. Yeah, um, one of the reasons they couldn't do that is because they stuck so firmly to uh, the cartridge medium uh, instead of going on a discs like Sony was doing. And that right. really, really severely limited um, how much uh, storage you could have per game. Um that's true, but it but it also made it so much faster. It did absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. There, I mean, there really aren't loading screens, yeah. and you're 100 percent right about that. But since right. SSD technology <laughs> was uh, so 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 expensive back then, uh, it essentially like they they hamstrung themselves because they were so worried about piracy. Because early tests of right. the PlayStation, which was originally a Super Nintendo add-on. Uh, and then Nintendo said, we don't want that. We don't want to go this direction. And Sony was like, well, fine, we'll do it ourselves. 
and they kind of won. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they were very easy to pirate is the point. So Nintendo, when the 64 came out, they said we have this incredible hardware, but it's too easy to pirate discs. So we're going to sort of hamstring ourselves and uh, mm-hmm. keep going cartridge, which actually wound up costing them a lot. But it is directly responsible for a huge amount of charm because, you know, when you limit resources, people have to get real creative. And that's fantastic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to point out really quick, relating to the 3D graphics, I mean, obviously, 64-bit or 32-bit, you still only have so much throughput you can get through your oh, graphics absolutely. technology, and they can only handle so many triangles at once. Yeah. So they were uh, they were trying to handle these, and one thing I noticed while I was replaying it very recently is that they actually, they will change the geometry as things get further mm. away. It's not just popping. If you look at Mario, while I was fighting the Bob-omb, um, as he gets further away, they use fewer triangles to represent Mario, which is, I thought, a more modern, clever trick. But actually, no, they've been doing. They were doing that in 1996. Yeah, no, no, that was um, that was very famously. Um, it was reused in a big way, although in the other direction. When uh, games like Skyward Sword, uh, the Zelda game for the Wii, came out, um, rather than uh, like due to the same limitation of not being able to render enough polygons as distance increased rather than the 64's solution was to just stop you know draw distance they, you just if something is far enough away it just stops existing and then when you walk towards it it fades in uh for a game uh, now um miyamoto the guy who is you know largely responsible for super mario uh always really liked that idea but thought more could be done with it like you don't need to just vanish something if it gets too far away um so what he did was uh, make make it like a, a function of distance, uh, but things get less, instead of like less polygons, like what happens to Mario, so that he still looks good, and you can't tell the difference because he's far away. Uh, it gets more abstract and more like a painting, uh, which is a really common technique these days. And yeah, uh, all the way back then, uh, the team making Mario was looking, I mean, that far ahead as to... I mean, it's another it's another workaround of, you know, we're, we're severely limited in how many triangles we can draw. So let's get real creative. And that was an incredible solution that they came up with, which was just, what if less triangles? The next thing I kind of want to talk about is just your, your first impressions of the game. I don't know it was the last time you played it. Um, I used to make it a habit of playing Super Mario 64 like every year. Uh, I got to the point where like my brother challenged me to beat the game in a day and I beat the game in six hours just because just at you know you don't need you think you need around 80 stars to beat the game so it takes about six hours if you know exactly what to do um, so I I've played quite a bit of Super Mario 64 I've played Super Mario 64 for the DS um, when it came out uh, and now uh, you know this is probably my 30th run through um from super mario 64 uh and uh i i still love it i just i felt i it was super super fun even though at this point it's extremely incredibly easy to play those first four or five levels that we all played through um but uh what what were your first impressions about uh, super mario 64 for the, for I guess the I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, so I um, 
Well, first of all, so actually, yeah, that is the last time I played it was when it came out for the DS, which I just looked was apparently 16 years ago. So it's probably been about 15 years since I've played Super Mario. I don't like hearing that. We're yeah. all we're all close to our. It said two thousand four. By the way, so <laughs> I feel I'm old. Yeah. Oh my god. So, yeah. So uh, that I just um, that's the last time I played it was when it came out for the for the DS, and obviously that edition was quite a bit different. So the, the fr- this is probably the first time I've played actual Mario sixty four in any capacity. For it's got to be at least twenty years. It's been a very, very long time. I don't think I played it much after like the GameCube came out. Sure. So it's been a very long time for me. And my first impression is, oh wait, first of all, here's an important thing I want to bring up. Do you guys know what the first word in Super Mario sixty four is? Uh, is it Cake. let's it's go? Chow. <laughs> oh, chow! Yes, yeah. No, it's chow. Oh my yeah. god, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, 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 keep, keep, keep going. I forgot I took a bunch of screenshots because every time they were talking, the dialogue is hilarious. It's actually really The dialogue is excellent. Funny. It's cool. Yeah, cheesy, we'll get more, it's funny. We'll get more oh, into yeah. this in you know a minute what? when there we was... talk about the camera because I have... Uh, no, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So um, anyway, but uh, the first, you know, he jumps out of that thing that comes out of the ground, the pipe, whatever. And uh, then Lakitu comes over and says, Chow. (laughs) So already fantastic so far. (laughs) And then um, I started controlling it. And immediately I was like, wow, I I am actually impressed at how good Mario still just feels to control in the environment. Oh, oh, man. Just doing the triple jump is still just great. It still feels. And and for reference, I was playing Mario Odyssey like two weeks ago. And it does not feel that much worse to me than Mario Odyssey. I do think Mario Odyssey feels better, but it's like it it still feels great. Yeah. Yeah. It still Uh, feels great. And I mean, that was that was the first um, thing I did when I booted up the game was uh, just run around the outside of the castle for like five, (laughs) ten minutes and just just be Mario. It feels great. Like it still feels great. There's like a certain element of freedom that, you know, like. I feel like every time, like a, a big, um, uh, you know, expansive world uh, a, a game comes out, you know, like a Breath of the Wild, for example, but everyone loses their shit, right? But like the game itself is as much about exploration as it is about leveling up or uh, collect not leveling up, collecting yeah. stars. Yeah. And you, and that's oh, the thing that I that 100%. I loved about you know playing it this week was just like, I of course I'm collecting the stars, but then you're just like jumping around you're picking up shit you're just throwing bombs in people's faces you know like like so there's, there's just like you, you don't even have to you know collect the stars to have fun you just right. enjoy the environments that have been created you can just dive into a wall <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> it ripples like water suddenly you're in a sand world yeah have fun uh yeah. there yeah two two things about that uh one is uh that um it was super important to the developers, uh, Miyamoto especially, that it be fun to move Mario. Uh, so they actually snuck an Easter egg from development into the game itself and, and built a star around it. So, you know, when you go into into the, the uh, I guess, the sewers of the castle, there's a little yeah, bunny. Yeah, the rabbit. Yeah, who runs He's around. He's Mario. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not quite true. That's not quite true. So originally when they were designing it, uh, they didn't even know that it was going to be a Mario game. They just uh-huh. wanted to learn how to program 
movement in a 3D space. So they made a flat plane that was, you know, checkerboard, white and black, your standard, you know, texture before a texture gets added. Uh, and you controlled a cube. Uh, and it had, you know, huh. through trial and error, all the physics of Mario moving around, you know, it would it would run and it would bounce and it would jump and all that stuff. And they, they spent about a year just making it fun to play a flat plane with a cube. Just just have fun moving this cube around. And then they just directly translated that to the Mario model. And to make sure that it worked in an actual space, they, uh, they made this little bunny rabbit who had the exact same speed and movement controls uh, as Mario. And the goal was bump into the rabbit. So you really had to be able to, you know, cut corners and dodge and, and, and like, you know, fly off your back foot and really just run around and try and catch this rabbit. And it was so much fun that they actually kept it in. They kept the rabbit in the, in the sewers of, of Bowser's castle, uh, which is also it's, it's, one of the reasons why you explore Bowser's castle is because it was so much fun to just move that they were like, well, well, what if we had a big yeah. expansive map like Super Mario World, but instead of traveling along a path, you could just go anywhere. Which, yeah, that that that's actually. Right. I, I don't think I can't think of a game I've played quite a bit of, um, NES games and and or SNES and NES games, and I can't think of something that kind of has this meta world, with worlds inside of the world, uh, you know, experience. Super Metroid, maybe Zelda Two. Uh, uh, no, it's not meta. It's it's. Does Zelda 2 have worlds within worlds? Uh, well, it definitely has screens where you dive down from the overworlds and then you're in a different, you know, plane level where it turns into a side-scroller. I think, I, think I think Anthony means, like, the meta... Correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony. You mean, like, the meta element of, like, you're going... Like, the, the world uh -huh. itself is... Yeah. I, I really want to get into this in a minute here in, in, when we're talking about, like, the graphics and everything like this. So I, can, maybe we should move to the next section. This is just first impressions, right? So this is first impressions. We're t I guess now we're talking about gameplay, which is something I wanted to cover. Um, and then yeah. I I don't know. I think since we're doing a podcast for people as well, doing like a review, it does not need to be expansive of each um, level. So I, I just want to reiterate for everybody that may be listening, uh, the at least for 64, we're playing uh, to the... Uh, Super Mario 64 has three Bowsers that you need to beat. So we're playing uh, to each Bowser um, every week for this game. Uh, so we we play through uh, Bomb. I'm not pronouncing it. Uh, Bomb. Bomb Battlefield, Mops Fortress, Jolly Rogers Bay, Cool Cool Mountain. I think you'll you both play through some of the the lesser or secret levels. Uh, question. Um, and then, yeah. Do we have to get all the stars in all those levels? No, I oh, did because <laughs> I am. Um, Some of those are real I needed. I've yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten every star you can get so far. Except I have not gone to Big Boo's Haunt, which you technically can yeah. go to, but I have not gone there. You can get, no. you can get two, one or two stars. I got one star at uh, Boo's uh, Mansion, um, but I got every single star possible. Except I was just playing through the Bowser one, and that's that's thing, something I want to talk about right before we jump into levels. I don't know if you felt felt the same way, but for the past twenty plus years I've been playing this game, I still sweat 
so intensely to, with any Mario game, but this one, because <laughs> the, the the idea, the scariest thing about this game is just like the abstract space that happens when you fall. Yes. Like you know, in yes. like oh. the, specifically the Bowser the level, I'm just down. like that's like the hellscape that I imagine if I get sent, no. you know. When God points the finger at, at me and says, you're going to hell, I'm just going straight <laughs> down forever into infinite darkness. And that's that's the scariest part of Mario 64. I always found that really exciting, honestly. Uh, you, you get a like you get a fall forever, and then, yeah, you lose a life, but then you get to try again. And, and, and if you go off the edge, it's okay, because you just get a fall. And I know Mario says, wah! But I always thought it was really, I don't know, thrilling. <laughs> One of my favorite things, uh, going back to this, I mean, I guess maybe we could talk about levels for a little while now, actually, just because you brought it up, Anthony, and I want to go into this. Is yeah, like Anthony. One of my favorite... Up, one of my favorite... It's interesting, you know, I, I think that people have made this big joke of like, oh, Mario, it's just like you're high or whatever, just because you're eating the mushrooms and right, stuff like right, that. Right. And it's always this kind of kitsch joke that people make. But on oh, the other I hand, I will say that, that like... Because I'm very clever. Continue, <laughs> uh, there's this the, the, this Super Mario <laughs> Super Mario Brothers the original was kind of weird. Like, what, what's actually going on here? Like, right. there's these turtles, and you're eating these mushrooms, and he's wearing overalls, and it's just kind of bizarre, right? Yeah, it would be and then super, super hard World to explain why out, anything and... happens in that game. Yeah, and then there's obviously Mario Brothers three, and then Super Mario World, where it's like continuing to kind of like. Oh, it's just like these world of funny characters. And then when you get to Super Mario 64, it's like they really lean into this just like invented space bizarreness where like the first painting you... First of all, you're jumping into painting. Right. Just what the fuck? Just I, I, like they don't <laughs> but, even explain um, that. First... Like the, they explain it in a line of dialogue. Bowser made paintings real. Just dive headfirst. And collect but, but some this, stars. Yeah. This means Princess Peach already had the paintings. Like she had every room. Oh yeah, that she owned oh. in that house with a giant painting. Oh, but and she then, also locked them behind star doors. That apparently, like, it was never a problem before. But she designed them so that if the stars ever got stolen, some of those paintings wouldn't be visible. Yeah, she, the, the point I, I was I trying it, to make about all of this, though, is... <laughs> Sorry. Is it, no, it's your good. <laughs> the point I was trying to make about all of it, though, and what I like about it so much is that it really feels like like the artists and, and the people who are working on it really at some point were like, let's just lean into this like invented space sort of aesthetic. Very and so, yeah. it, you, you can come up with things like the Bowser levels, Really, it's not even like they're that heavily produced because they're not. And this this remains true of Mario to today. Like, they don't put lavish detail. They just come up with a really bizarre space. And then they'll put... Some of my favorite parts in Mario 64, we haven't gotten to those, is when you're running up an infinite staircase. When I was a kid, I thought that was the scariest shit ever. When it's just like, yeah, you hear this creepy piano music. Yeah, it's really unnerving. And yeah, it's, it's super well done. So let's talk. Let, let's talk about um, the first level. Uh, so Babomb's Battlefield. Uh, I personally think it's. I, I think just then it's really hard for me to separate the nostalgia for this one, uh, for this game. But it's that's just, that's fine. It, I mean, it's a twenty year old right. game. It's. But it, it's, it just has this like totally, iconic totally fine, like music, musical hook where it's like dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> and so like it already captures like this like you know uh 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 nostalgia that that the rest of the mario series kind of um uh is is going for like this upbeat up-tempo jazzy sort of feeling koji um, kondo and, is incredible about that uh, the composer right for which which mario. we can talk about in a, in, a, in a second sure um and i so i thought the whole course it's for me i i beat the the course in in a matter of maybe 10 minutes except <laughs> for the flying yeah. part which um once once yeah. mario uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, collect a certain amount of stars. Cat. Yeah, like, you get to this yeah. this wing, this this level where you look up at the sun in the castle, which is another thing. Just, er, these guys' brains, it's like, all right, how does he get the wing cap? Oh, you've got to, like, look at, you got to point the camera yeah, at a sun uh, mural, and then you're going to get this <laughs> wing cap. And the and the wing cap is crazy. Like, the, the flying is erratic, the camera's all over the place. It's like it's just crazy to collect the coins, um, and so the that that was the most difficult part of the of the of the first level for me. Um, but overall, I think it's just a great hook. It gets you into the how to how to work um, the controls with uh, uh, the sprites, um, you know the 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 monsters, the goombas and whatnot in the game, and and I think just it's it's a great um, first level in general. Totally yeah, um, I think the first level is is my favorite of these first four, and the reason it's my favorite is because, um, in my opinion, it gives you the most freedom of movement, and there are the most valid paths to get from one end of the map to the other in a bunch of different inventive ways that there are in these first four levels. Um, there are some later that I'm hmm. eager to get back to, but... This this first one, I love the cannon on top of the mountain. You can use that to shoot back down, or you can use it to shoot on top of that floating island. Uh, from the very beginning, you see the star behind the chomp, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder if I can get to that right <laughs> now." And you can. can. It lets so you do cool. some things. That, it lets you do some things out of order, and I, I love that about it. And in my opinion, I like the other levels too, but I think this is my favorite of the first four, just because it really prizes, again, that freedom of movement, and you can go in any direction and just explore. One thing I really want to say before I move on, though, is that um, when I got to the Bob Mom King, I was like, hey, I'm going to try to off. throw him like, off does. the mountain. <laughs> do you... Do you know what he says? Hey, when you that's throw not off fair. Fight fair, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he says. He says it is against the royal rules to throw the yep. king out of and, the and, ring. And then what? He has some sort of like Superman as powers. We go and he just and he just like, jumps yeah, up. Yeah, he yeah. like it's amazing. Yeah. He rockets to the top of the mountain. I did oh, not man. remember. Yeah, no, I love that because we we've all played this game detail. before, like when we were kids, and I think right. all of us are immediate like even though we probably knew twenty years ago, our immediate instinct was like, yeah, let's just throw this guy off the edge. Yeah, that's what that's exactly what I did. Like I I know how to beat it, so I actually didn't do it this time. I also want to get, read a quote from uh what he says. So the the, the quote that he says when you first talk to them <clears throat> I am the big bomb, Lord of all blasting matter, King of Kabooms, <laughs> the world over, and that is your first interaction with a with a real boss. The the dialogue in this game is totally underrated. Like it was clearly I, written by someone who was like, "This is for kids. Let's dude, have this, some yeah, fun." Dude, this yeah, that was right, it's like a right. wrestling. It's like a yeah, WWE yeah, match exactly on top like of a that. mountain. 
It's it was excellent. I loved all the dialogue with the bomb, and I just love like the the game is so playful, and it encourages you to try and break it. Absolutely. And so your first instinct is like, I'm going to try and break this, and it reacts to it, and I and I love that. It right, does. like I love they that anticipated like, that. That's that's yeah. so. I mean, that's so cool that that they weren't like taking themselves too seriously. So this is the first time also we get introduced to a, uh, a recurring character called Koopa the Quick. Um, yes. yeah. I, I love that these characters are introduced <laughs> in this game uh, and they become more difficult uh, as you progress. So you, you get you feel really good, you know, uh, beating Koopa the Quick. And I think if you were a player that just came into the game, you're like trying to... I, I, I actually think my Joy-Cons work better as joysticks than the N64 controller did. So, like, racing Koopa the Quick up the mountain wasn't as <laughs> I would hard. hope so. Uh, but I think the thing with the whole first level that even now that I'm still trying to, to do in the game is adjusting the camera, which is oh, kind of God. a challenge. To you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I didn't actually... I didn't, I didn't read the whole spiel that uh Lakitu gives you yeah like, like he's he's doing it like a newscast you know we're controlling the camera that noise that it makes when it can't like when the game won't let you adjust the camera <laughs> yeah i didn't know what that was as a kid i thought that was just yeah. a thing in the game I, i'm not exactly sure what i thought but i didn't mm. realize that it was the game saying no we can't adjust the camera anymore so i just kept trying to adjust it um <laughs> and just kept being a little bit frustrated. Yeah. So yeah, the camera. Um, I will say when when the game first started, I was like, wow, you know, this camera. It's definitely not as responsive as cameras nowadays, but it's doing its job, and, and it it's pretty impressive. Fine in the uh, outside the castle area. Yes, and that that is right. the biggest thing I noticed is that when I left the castle into one, the first painting, it it's not unplayable it's not a nightmare and certainly compared with other cameras mm -hmm. at the time it's still much better but it is definitely it's, it's annoying in the way. <laughs> yeah i, I think it, it definitely we'll get yeah. here uh but what forget what, what i forgive about the camera is when you discover that the camera and i know what you do discover at the very beginning but i really didn't get it as a kid until i was in the mirror uh level where i'm like right and you actually see a guy behind me behind you so like yeah. the camera's shitty because some I have a shitty cameraman floating on a fucking cloud, which should be a, actually be a great cameraman. He has no friction for his camera, but right. it, fuck it, you know, like Dude. I'm like whatever. It's the cameraman's fault. It's not my fault. That's why the Dude, the, the Lakitu does Lakitu does like MTV esque like monologues oh, in the middle does. of the game. He does like yeah, commercial yeah, yeah. breaks and shit. That's incredible. Yeah. What when I think you, is like what I think is so amazing about that whole thing is that uh, just realizing like like trying to get across to people playing the game that uh like this is a camera that you have some control over like mm -hmm. the way they came up with it was a literal cameraman who isn't a concept but is an actual cameraman who will talk to you and has something of a personality like for a first attempt that's incredible. And it was yeah, such yeah. an influential idea that the camera itself is an object that like even in modern like programming engines, the camera is still an object to help programmers conceptualize it. And that's such right. a, it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it's a phenomenal leap of logic uh, right. that mm -hmm. the developers took. Which yeah, is, and I it's, mean, it's certainly... And it, it doesn't work 
perfect. But for a first yeah. pass, I, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and I would say actually in the in the very open spaces, it does a great job. Like even those Bowser great levels job. where where it's oh, yeah. there's just nothing to block the camera. It does what it needs to do well enough for you to jump. It's just in certain levels when you have to make a very precise movement, and it's like there's a lot of right. shit around you. Want, you like, it can be very difficult. Like when you want any kind of fine control over where yeah. you're looking, it's just so, it's, no, it's no good. So the next, well, check out the camera because it does affect every single, mostly every single um, level in this game. Uh, so Womp's Fortress is the next level that you can unlock. I usually don't go there first because I find it as a just an easy level. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is the easiest level in the game. Um except for this hidden wall, which I already know about. So it was really <laughs> easy for me to get that star. Um, but the thing that I liked about Womp's Fortress the best, again, was the dialogue between the big Womp. He's like this like Marxist almost. He's like, you all have been stepping all over my people. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, give me respect. Yeah. And like, this is bullshit, Mario. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking murder you and stomp on your <laughs> dumb plumber face. You know, that's... You, you need... And that's, wait, that wait, was... wait. This is, this is a Mario podcast like to hell with that let's make this a marxist podcast you have your thumb <laughs> um, on the pulse a, a, a marxist mario <laughs> podcast because oh i also God. think i have my i have my uh uh theories that bowser is a marxist because you go into mario party and it's bowser's revolution we don't have to talk about that right now but uh oh, we'll I get Wom- there. but Wom's oh, fortress we'll get there. is is, is a, it's a cool concept it's just too easy to beat i really like you know it takes that it's building on that you know king of the mountain um you know a uh, uh, level or way that they designed the level um and in and it's I, I like it has like it's castle in the sky it's a very pretty um level for what it is for this like primary color 3d jumping game but i i, I like Wamp's fortress but it's just not a challenge is what how i felt about it see now i disagree uh i i actually like that better than the first level because although it's easy to go through uh, in like a, a more casual, I just want to collect the stars kind of way, it's um, they open it up immediately with giving you access to Womp's Fortress uh, after one star, where they say, here's some geometry that challenges how you can move quickly. Like it challenges, uh, like, you know, here's here's a, a, a slope that that you can, you know, you can't run up it, but it's a clear shortcut up to the top, so let's let's give it a try. No, um, I, I I agree with you. I think all of the but they give you foundation- they give they give you a very very clear obvious path. the The point of that level is that um, the movement is so robust that they want you to subvert it, and I actually really like that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, th- I mean, I think what the first opening levels do great is that it's training for the the next set of challenges that come down the road. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning, like. You know, that is the beauty of a good, well-designed game or Mario game is that controllers are intuitive and you're not like, you know, pulling up your menu and like scrolling through this and trying to like, you know, I'm thinking of like a complex control system like uh, Witcher Witcher 3, which is just, you're like, Excuse me, that's incredibly accessible. Do you not mix potions before you talk to someone? 
<laughs> my brain hurts after playing it for five seconds. It's a good game. It's actually a really, really good game. But just, you know, it's that's like a cerebral challenge versus like it's, designing yeah. something that anyone could access. I could give this it's to ki- it's kinesthetic my nephew that's the four word years that people yeah. use. It's four yeah. years no, it's, old. It's and actually it's, it's funny it. that you bring the it's funny that you bring the Witcher three up specifically because actually just last night uh, I booted that game up because I was like you know what that was great I want to play through it again I have a hundred hours of my life to kill uh, and I got through like the opening section and I was like oh my god I can't care about this many people so then I went downstairs and I actually booted up Mario <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> Mario uh, we doesn't ask you to care thoughts. about a lot. Did you have any thoughts on um, Womp's Fortress? Sorry, Luke. So yeah, Luke yeah. got cut out for a second. Um, yeah, I was only yeah, on for like yeah, 20 seconds. We were talking seconds. about the like, combination level design and uh, how fantastic that cheesy dialogue is. Yeah. Yes, so I, 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 I got booted shortly after Anthony was talking about the uh, the Marxist block, which was pretty funny. But um, <laughs> I, I, I will say of the first few, I think this is my least favorite of the first few. I don't hate it. Uh, I just... I think what I prize in a lot of these levels is is I like the all of I like the whole space to feel united and I think Womp's Fortress is trying to do a bit more of a direct level style thing which I think works great for things like mm. Bowser's levels and stuff like that but it's a little irritating with Womp's Fortress cuz it just kind of asks you to do the same thing several times um, kind of to the point yeah. you were making, Ben, it is nice that because I, I think you make a good point that because you get bored of doing it, you try to break it so that you can get through it more quickly. And I definitely did that where sure. I was like doing doing the long jumps around that swiveling thing. Um, but then yeah, that also yeah. kind of exposes the faults of the camera where it's like some of those jumps I felt like I was missing mm. because the camera was just shifting really quickly. Um, I do, well, well, I do enjoy the first uh, couple like, trips up, but, but that, I think that's my least favorite of the four and it has the least atmospheric identity as well, in my opinion. I, I agree I with that. I think, I, 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 and I think there's like, it, it could have, I think what happened, cause, um, going back to kind of the history of it. Um, Wump's Fortress, in addition to um, th- uh, the first level, uh, the Hot Lava Land, that is what it's called, uh, those, and um, Jolly, not Jolly Rogers Bay, what's the other level? Does anyone remember it? The other water level the, the, with the iconic soundtrack? Anyway, they're the, they're oh, the first sure. levels that were designed. Oh, that and, iconic and, and, level. And, yeah, exactly. So they were <laughs> rushed to uh, production um, and I feel like, you know, th- at least with the, uh, uh, the YouTuber that I was listening to on this specific, um, level is that, uh, they kept this level intact, um, from 1995. Um, and so nothing changed on top of Lump's Fortress and mm. they just wanted to get to the next level and design it. And they kept, you know, that was kind of their mentality in building the game is that, you know, once we feel that something's done, we're going <clears> to <throat> move on and not go back and refine that level you know, because they wanted to, their their ambition mm-hmm. was to create 40 levels, and they didn't. Um, so I think, of course, it could have been stronger. But of course, they had a complete level. Um, and, yeah. and why would you throw away something that that you already did for for years? And it's not bad. I, 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 I'll I tell enjoy. you why. Because it was trash. <laughs> no, I, I also I, agree I, with I, I agree I, with what Ben is saying. Is is that they still provide enough opportunity for you to kind of break it. 
that that kind of ends up becoming the fun of that level is like figuring out faster ways up the fortress than kind of the or, or just uh, yeah. the idea of like grabbing onto hoot and and getting flung up in the sky and then jumping yeah. free falling from it i think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's super cool it's, it's just really nice thing to do. Uh, no, you Luke, know what was you you were saying yeah, that you you were saying that you felt that um that that level suffers a little bit because it's designed like a level like you start on the grass and then you go up to the yes. water and then you go up to the top and you go up to the tower you know i'd actually never considered that before that's a really really good point i think one of the reasons i remember it so fondly is uh that i spent a lot of time learning how to go up the middle really fast because i spent a lot of time falling off the top uh again to loop it back around to what you were saying about the camera how it that level definitely shows some flaws in it uh, one of the first, you know, you kill King Womp and then your next step is, you know, instead of finding King Womp at the top of the tower, you find another tower and it's a platforming challenge. But the challenge is just don't fall off four platforms, which is definitely a, uh, a knock against the camera. Like they felt that was a sufficient challenge. Yeah. yeah. Just jump around a circle four times. So I don't want to get too trapped in... Womp's Fortress. Uh, so we got a couple more levels to discuss. Um, so the next one that is unlocked is Cool Cool Mountain, which is by yeah. far my yeah. favorite um, intro uh, level. The reason why, and I think as a, um, I would say now I'm like an experted, I'm not an experted, experted. At looking it up, there's the, the, the A challenge. There's people that go and, <laughs> How many times do you press the A button and you can that that's that's oh that's my God. masterful sixty four plane? Mario but, um, is a nested community and there is right. no bottom. But uh I would say as a veteran player of Super Mario sixty four, uh it's this is hard because the friction, the way that they play with the idea of friction, uh in Cool Cool Mountain is just challenging because there's un even if you want to move somewhere the ice is going to yeah it uh, won't you let know, you move yeah. mario in a direction you don't want him to move so there was a lot of times Definitely. even playing this one uh where i'm just like fuck i just fall into infinite space and i hate it you know especially collecting the eight coins the eight red coins yeah. i was like you know you get to the part yeah. and maybe the part where you're on the ski lift and you're trying to jump you know uh yeah uh, to the bob bomb from the ski lift and yeah, and and you just, I I did fall, you know. But the the whole I think uh, on top of that, what's cool and going back to Luke's point is that this is you know the tower in Womp's Fortress in reverse, but you get to do cool shit like go race the penguin, and that takes you to the end of the of the um, mountain, or you get to like use the lift to get up, or you can like jump to get up, yeah, or you can yeah. use that like weird um, teleportation platform to to go back up so there's a lot of freedom as well as difficulty in this course and that's why that's why i like it so much yeah i like this i like this course a lot too a lot because of the penguins i i have a soft spot for them from when i was a child <laughs> yeah, i thought they too. were very cute <laughs> um but uh and the big penguin is kind of a big bitch if you ask me he just comes up to you he's like i'm oh. faster than you <laughs> it's like yeah like what the fuck guy <laughs> like, it's like, you're like, like i know like, i hopped into you. your painting world but you're a painting <laughs> penguin like yeah what is this ego about <laughs> you, you're the you're a painting <laughs> penguin cool it yeah no but uh 
I, I like this course a lot as well. This was my favorite as a kid. I did not find that I was as enamored of it this time as I have been in the past, but I still liked it. I, I found, uh, to be honest, the uh, I, I don't feel like the, um, the, the friction mechanic always works as well as they want it to. Eventually, you would just kind of accept it I for agree. what it is. They don't do a good job of visually distinguishing which ramps are too steep for you. Um, and then they kind of have these arbitrary rules where, like, certain ramps Mario can jump on and certain ramps he can't jump on. So there's some kind of arbitrary stuff going on with that. However, I do, I think this course also does a really good job of, I think it demonstrates what a good secret looks like. And it also demonstrates, in my opinion, what a bad secret looks like. I love the secrets in the slide level where it's like some of those are just natural. Mm. Like there are different ways you can jump off the slide to get down faster. And one of them, there's like this invisible Mm. wall, but there are four coins pointing towards it. So it kind of triggers your brain to think like, oh, there's probably something here. And then, yeah, you find it and it gives you a nice little sound. And I think that's a great secret. And they have several of those um, in that level as well with like uh, spots you can get to with the with the um, cannon. Uh, I do not actually like that invisible or, or that teleportation spot. There are a few spots like this in Mario 64 that, in my opinion, it's like it's just a crapshoot if you discover it. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. Mm. And that that teleportation spot, I only knew it was there because I just remembered that it was there. I would not have found it otherwise. At least I don't think I would have. Mm. And uh, I think but, it's kind of critical well, wait, wait, for wait, being wait, able wait, to wait, affect... I'm sorry. You don't, you, don't, you don't have the, the Prima official strategy guide? Yeah, Nintendo exactly. Power? I mean, it prob- you, that's you, probably you're actually You're not using wise. Nintendo Power to get through this? I thought we were all using Nintendo that's Power. Probably, honestly, is, that's probably... <laughs> I sincerely Scrub. believe that's probably. Do you even talk about Mario it. at recess? <laughs> no, that's Mario, bro. That's. I mean, that's 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 how it was designed. Uh, I mean, very much. That's that was uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's. Um, one of his major design philosophies is that gaming is collaborative, even when it's a single-player game, uh, which is why Zelda was so mysterious and like. Uh, well, did you try bombing that random wall? Mario yeah. sixty four in particular is the same way. Uh, they wanted you to, they wanted you to just try stuff and then tell your friends and then, you know, it spreads organically, uh, which uh, sucks now that we all have jobs and don't just, well, just talk about children's video games. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> The but room yeah, you're no, in is a, so it's, dark. It's a, little, it's, it's a little inscrutable. No, the sun's yes, just yeah. going down, and I like lighting myself like Colonel Kurtz from Heart of Darkness. This is, this is irrelevant to anybody uh, who's listening, me. but Apocalypse there's, a, there's a yeah, ghoulish no, no. man in a dark room looking at They right now. will <laughs> well, get the I, literary I, I am, reference. I am recording this, the video, so I might, I do, I might, they might see what's going on on YouTube. It depends oh, okay. how, I what happens with this. I sincerely so hope they th- there's two there's right, two sorry, more continue. levels. Oh hey, by by the way, uh, Luke, you, uh, you you have a little something in your in your teeth. I didn't want to mention it, but now that we're oh. being recorded, so we, wow. we, got, we got two more levels. It is what it is. Um, so <laughs> I don't want to spend two. No, we got one more level. All right. Uh, so we have Jolly Rogers Bay, and then the the Bowser level. Obviously, we've we talked about that a little bit. So Jolly Rogers Bay, I uh, Bowser level. It's not exactly a hard level, but I think with like underwater levels in general, they're kind of like a slog to get from point A to point B with a lot of things that don't happen in between because you're focusing on like 
pressing well, the I mean, and this happens in everything. It, right, like the point of it you know? was this whole third axis that you can move in and isn't that mm-hmm. neat. But but they're not going to accept that, like, you know, Mario, he can he can jump 25 feet and wahoo and keep running, right. But, right. But, but he can't right. breathe underwater. I, I uh, think there's... Which, I mean, they they, they kind of hamstring themselves that way, but that's all water levels from the early 3D era, and that's I, I think even, Jolly Roger's e- biggest fault. Although, well, I would say I would say even now, like underwater, like even going back to The Witcher Three, like it's still not fun being underwater in any context. But again, you're not you're not you're not really supposed to be underwater in that game, and Mario right. is also not supposed to be underwater. They, it seems fun when you're designing it. Because it's so, an interesting thing, but I think there's a couple of things that, well. that make this level actually good in terms of playability. I think they really capture the atmosphere of being yes. in a water setting, and this will be brought up again in a. I forgot the name of the the next underwater level, which is better than this one than Jolly Rogers yeah. Bay. But the um, you know, I actually bought um because I'm learning piano right now. And, um, you know, in, in the Mario book, well, aren't you uh, that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just held up as just a good piece of music, um, that like, it's like kind of like atmospheric crystallization, you know, the, 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 everything about it works. Um, and I think the second thing, I'll talk to death about Koji Kondo. So I think the, 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 the second thing is that it is a novel experience when you actually do it for the first time, obviously we've all played this level, but I think just the novel experience of Mario being underwater, exploring underwater, it is pretty good. And I will say that I found myself panic swimming a lot, where like I would hit the ill <laughs> and air. I would just go, yeah. you know, he'd bump off, all that yeah, shit, my so life would go damage. down, and I'm running out of air, so and I'm just like, damage. holy shit, I'm about to die. I, I've played this level a bajillion times, I'm still <laughs> about to die. I, and, and I think... You know, there, there's there's yeah. there's a lot of redemption in this. It's just hard to manufacture a good underwater level. It really well, I'll, is. I, uh, I would like to say two things on this, actually. First of all, I just, like I said, I was recently playing Mario Odyssey, and I think Mario Odyssey is very fun underwater. Now, part of the reason yeah. is that you can possess fish, and that makes it a yeah, lot yeah, easier because yeah. you, can, you can go very quickly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but even beyond that, I think what they decided eventually was okay, technically we have three directions, but we're not going to let you just change your uh, angle. So effectively, you're just moving in two, uh, two dimensions like you normally would, and then you're just pressing the jump mm. button to move up and down. So I don't think that the way Mario controls in the water is nearly as fun as the way he controls outside of the water, but I love Jolly Roger Bay, mm. and this is probably my second favorite mm-hmm. of these. And the reason is for what you said, Anthony. Mm-hmm. It has amazing atmosphere. The, the music is mm-hmm. so good, yeah. and they do these yeah. invented spaces like they always do in mario but when you get there there's fog they put fog on the ground and like there's still this above water experience where you can explore and try and figure out oh, i'm going to launch from this cannon and grab onto this uh this this spire mm-hmm. and there's this rocking boat and it's got these nice sound effects that goes along with it and the eels you know 
they don't scare me now, but when I was a kid, they scared the hell out of me. I thought they were terrifying. And like when they put a star at the tail of the eel, again, that's just something that yeah. I still think that's so cool where it's just like, oh, this thing you're kind of afraid of because it really messes you up. You got to chase it now. And so I still really it's like Jolly too. Roger Bay, even though I agree that mo- controlling mo- Mario underwater isn't amazing. I think that this level makes up for it with its atmosphere and uh, just... Um, you know the 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 eel being this interesting character, and so I I still like Jolly Roger Bay a lot. Oh, I do too. I, I'm I'm 100 with you on that. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's funny that you uh, brought up the star on the eel's tail because that was always one. You know, I I never had this. I I think I said earlier I never actually had an N64 or any video game console so it was always the kindness of friends that uh let me experience these games so i I never really had a chance to get great at mario um as a child and then especially not controlling them underwater because it's a little difficult to do that but uh this time going through uh I, i so as a kid i never could collect that star at the end of the eel's tail because i just well i was a child and also you know, it's hard. It's hard chasing an eel underwater as Mario. <laughs> uh, but this time I did it. And uh, it was actually a real... It was a lot of fun because, you know, it's a challenge. How do you maneuver through this 3D underwater space? And uh, yeah, no, it actually it felt felt pretty darn good to get that star off the eel's tail. Right. There, there's a lot of satisfi- satisfaction with, uh, you know... I, I think making that comparison between... Uh, when Mario's underwater and Mario's flying, which is obviously more fun, uh, you know, because you're not used to, the developers are not used to, no one's used to having a character uh, take advantage of all accesses um, yeah. in a game. And so, you know, it it's a challenge. It's, it's novel. It's fun. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we're all agreeing underwater can always be done better. Uh, <laughs> but for what it is, and the things that they're doing to think about, all right, it's not the greatest, but we're going to like make you feel that it's a really good level. They probably executed well. So that takes us to, um, so we, we, so we can throw in the secret quote unquote secret levels. Um, and then the first, the first Bowser, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, like I was saying at the beginning, I hate all of Bowser levels. I find, or not the, all of them. I hate this one and the end Bowser level. Um, just because mm. of that, dark infinite nothing and it's i think it's also the color palette that's just like it's not inviting it's it's you know it's very it's brutal well it's like there no game is like an n64 game or a ps1 uh, game because it's so blocky and it, it reminds you of like brutalism like this like you know you my imagining of like what a fascist you know you know place would look like <laughs> And, and if you just a have fascist a level fever blocks, dream, <laughs> that's what Mario is. That's fascist right. fever dream is exactly what the first Bowser level is. You heard it here first on the placeholder name Mario podcast. Bowser is a fascist placeholder. Or is he? And his, well, his architecture certainly seems to suggest it. It, it, it Why does. Why would he let the Goombas I, I dress they, like individuals? Come on, man. Exactly. Think about it. Right. I, but I, isn't Princess Peach doing the same shit with the Toads? I'm just saying it's they're two sides of fascism, you know. Yes, yes. And, and I, I think lousy and, and Democrats. 
It works both we ways. Should have, we should have a Politics of Mario final episode, which will probably be trash 100%. and just jokes like this the whole time. <laughs> but it could be fun. Oh. No, no, I, I would actually, I would for sure love like a Talking Heads version of us just being like, they, so the Mushroom Kingdom, like they they're really going to have a revolution the, soon, right? No, in the Paper Mario series, they really, really explore this idea of like, who am I as a citizen living in the Mushroom Kingdom? And is this actually the best regime possible? We don't I have know. to talk about that, but it's, it's so really good. awesome. I, uh, uh, so I've, I've only played the first two Paper Marios. I haven't played any of the more recent You played the best two Paper Marios. Uh, so I, I was asking you what your thoughts were on the first Bowser level. I don't think they have names. So we'll just call them that. And then what do yeah. you think about Bowser himself um, challenging him for, uh, you know? Yes. Uh, it's actually called Bowser Slovakia. Uh, <laughs> It, that, that's what it's called. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's called Chernobyl. <laughs> Bowser's Chernobyl. Ooh, too soon. <laughs> 23,000 years too soon. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's the hill I die on, is the livability of Pripyat. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just going to... I'll just get back to Bowser now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, first of all, I, I, I again, I love how you open the door and you start going towards it. It's Princess Peach. You're like, I'm going to jump in this painting. Mm-hmm. So I know how this goes. Yeah. And then it switches to yeah. Bowser, and then the floor opens up. Real quick, just as a quick yeah. side note, I honestly, when I look at the painting effect, I honestly don't know how they're doing it. I still don't know how they're doing it. I would assume on modern talk technology, oh, the, they just the, be a the wavy texture, like the wavy water texture. On it's the not just a texture, though. It's three. It's three dimensional. I tried. No, no, you're right. Camera. I actually yeah. still don't know either. Yeah, I. So anyway, um, that's just a side note. But um, anyway, but back to like the. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good effect today. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Anyway, but you're gonna jump through this painting, and then the floor opens up. I love that it starts that way. And yeah, Anthony, I don't know. I I love this level. <laughs> No, oh, I do too. Yeah, I think I think because the uh, uh, not only they're saying the grittiness, but there's like this impending uh, feeling that you're going to fall. Not only lose your place in the level, but there's like any moment the floor can give out. Bowser himself is probably designed to, you know, because we're saying the they're, they're not telling you how to do anything in the game. So like, yeah. your, my first instinct when I first played the game when I was a kid, it took me hours to figure out how to beat bowser because i didn't think i needed to grab his tail you know and that's yeah. all you need to do to to, to uh, beat the that's beat not the, all you need to do you also um, need to throw him into a bomb but you know what i love right right which that. is also yeah but go ahead luke yeah so um what i love about this level and this is kind of i was trying to touch on this a little bit earlier i like because this is the Bowser level, right? And then there are yeah. two more Bowser levels. Yeah, and I yeah, love right. what this level like tells you about Bowser in a way. First of all, he tricks you as you're going down this hallway. Like, oh, Princess Peach is over here. And then he drops you. And then the feeling to me when you get to this, because it's this ultimate invented like non-real space just filled with these crazy platforms that don't seem to match each other. Yeah, right. And it feels like Bowser like is going around. of just like... Mario yeah. moving through the world. It feels like Bowser's going to all of these levels, and like, t- like he's this cosmic, interdimensional, like god creator turtle monster who's bringing these paintings and uh, making them into actual worlds. Monster. 
fire turtle monster, and then he's stealing the platforms from the worlds and using them to design his own like cosmic invented space levels that he just wants but, to stomp but he's, at you he, at the end of. It's so weird. But I he's love like specific. It. He's like specifically yeah, doing it for Mario. Like if he has, he has. Yeah. Is, right. is it such all it these like god is. powers? It's almost like the Truman Show. Like. He's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, this biblical it is character. Like the show, and he's dude. like, I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to teach you a lesson, Mario. A lesson about greed. <laughs> so you're gonna collect a shitload of coins dude. about love <laughs> and about turtles. <laughs> and this is what you're gonna dude, learn. There is a there's <laughs> throughout, throughout there is a level in Mario Oh man, hang there's on. There's a level Real in Mario quick, Odyssey. That okay. just made me think that like the perfect line for Mario to say as he's spinning Bowser around is Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> that would be good. There, dude, there's this level in Mario Odyssey that literally has like the panels in the sky, the like the Truman Show. Yeah, and, and, like mm-hmm. Mario does have this weird invented oh, space no. quality to it of like who's making these spaces. Anyway, but I just love the idea that Bowser is like. Well, no, it's supposed like, to though. It's the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, he's like I'm tough. Well, go ahead, but I'm I mean, fair. that's that's you kind can, of the point. You're, you're supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to you're supposed to kind of suspend reality it's it's the mushroom kingdom you know mario is right. supposed to be a plumber uh, and he's supposed to go into what a, a I, I think really luke was trying space. to was trying to finish up an idea go ahead luke oh well uh, no oh, just th- that was really the end of it is it's just like i love that they like lean into this idea of it's just the spaces are invented and like what does the villain of these invented spaces what is he doing he's he's taking these castles that are in the sky and it's not just like production budget this is the reason that there's in the sky it's like they can only make these worlds so big but we're going to pretend like no this is actually what it is like so it's like another limitation of like how much they can do, but they're using it to like enrich the detail of like the weird underlying implications of what this world is. And I, I just love that. And it allows them to do so many inventive things and have it fall within that purview. So I love the Bowser levels. And, and this one in particular, I think it's the first time the game gives you like a real direct platforming challenge. Sometimes the hitboxes mm-hmm. get a little wonky and you'll do that like infinite like thing. But other than that, I really like this first level. And I also like uh, the, the Bowser fight is, and I know that they kind of repeat, but it's essentially, I, I love the nature of the challenge because it's like you can be really good at it and swing him from the middle all the way to the edge but um, if even if you're bad at it, you can just get him closer to the edge and then just kind of swing him into the bomb. So it's a really naturally tuned challenge. I like the way that they did that. So, yeah. Agreed. I agree. Uh, do you have any... Uh, um, so, Ben, we'll end with you on your thoughts on the first Bowser level. Uh, the thing I always liked about uh, the first Bowser level is that... Uh, yeah, like, even when you feel like I'm about to take on Bowser and I'm about to, like, you know get my revenge for this 20 minutes of gameplay you forced me to go through. Uh, like, even if you know the, the floor is dropping out uh, and you try to jump across it, the game is like, nah. And there's a big invisible wall and you just bonk and fall down in the hole anyway. <laughs> and it's just sort of a, I don't know, it's just sort of a, a wink nod to, uh, to the players who were a little too clever. And I actually really like that. Uh, the the platforming in it is god as tight as it can be it's it's sort of uh, an expression of just how 
good Mario level designers can be when someone says, you don't have to think about a theme or a reason that something might be there. Just make it hard from get to point A to point B. And they do. And it's really damn good. Right. Uh, the I first think, one is anyway. I, especially. I, I, I think to uh, conclude what you both are saying is that it's the first time we're experiencing a 3D uh, Mario platform uh, uh, level. Um, and, and, you know, that, that harkens back to the, the originals and they were really trying to, you yeah. know, think about that and think about like how to make it as hard as y if you were playing the original um, um, Mario games. Um, so I think, you know, the concluding thoughts that I have for the, for the Super Mario 64, um, they kept everything intact. It's not as, you know, you definitely notice changes for a remake title such as um, uh, Super Mario DS, uh, which, you know, there was, everything felt like um, uh, uh, the original 64. Obviously, the graphics were, uh, you know, things were updated enough where I can play it on my HDTV and it still looks good. Um, and I think, you know, the intro levels, you know, getting back into playing uh, Super Mario 64 getting back into the, the gameplay, you know, we're talking about how intuitive the controls are, you know, so it's, it was just super easy to jump back in, you know, know what, where, where to go, what to do. Um, and I think also for me, there was always enough challenge playing this week where it kept my interest, where I knew I could like, you know, go back to the, um, the secret slide level, for example, and you know complete the course but i also know there's another star in it and i couldn't do it I, I spent you know a good 30 minutes trying to get the next secret star in that course and i'm just like it is so fucking hard to do something like this or it's so fucking hard to you know uh collect the eight coins for example in in the ba first bowser level like you know i i think this this game you know after everything that we talked about you know it it still holds up you know, I know I have rose-colored glasses for the game, but I think in terms of like you know, what gamers seek in a, a, a fundamentally good game, all the elements are are there um, for Super Mario sixty four. I, I think you're absolutely right. I'm looking forward to keeping this thing going. Yeah. Um, so should we all just give closing thoughts real quick as well? Yeah, that was that was mine. So you go ahead. Okay. With your yeah. So, um, yeah, my closing thoughts on it. Uh, I think a lot of what Anthony said is is pretty similar to sort of. I think I, I definitely have some criticisms. Obviously, with the camera, there are things with the hitboxes that can be kind of strange, and it's it's not, you know, as much as you like to look at things in context of the time. You still, I think, at the end of the day, it's difficult to not notice things that maybe aren't as tight as they are today, but. What I what I love about it and what I'm still just having such a great time with it again so far is that I actually think it does a better job than not only most of its contemporaries, but honestly most most things that's come out today of making the environments mean something. There's so many games mm. that you can play now where you can have this beautiful environment, but the space doesn't actually mean anything mechanically to you. Now, obviously, there are, there are certain genres where 
th- that's not really the point of them, you know, like maybe if it's like a point-and-click adventure game or something like that. But but in so many 3D action-adventure or platforming or what have you, they just don't find a way of making these beautiful and lavish environments they spent so much money realizing have any mechanical or contextual impact where it matters that something is is shaped the way it is. Or like you, how many open-world games have we all played that are just so massive but so many of the mountains just feel like set dressing. And what I love about this game is that they they make the spaces mean something. Even if they're sometimes kind of simple, you know, when you're collecting the red coins in the Bowser level, the little thin platform that's holding up the thicker platforms, you can go on that thin platform. But what that means is you're going to have to be really careful. And, like, they make the whole space matter and feel good to explore and, and that and 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 they stuff it full of secrets and they try to anticipate where you're going to go and what you're going to try to do and that's what's still so impressive about it to me is there's so few 3D action adventure platformer whatever kind of live action games like this mm. that do this as well as this game still does to this mm-hmm. day that's that's the big takeaway i have so far yeah i i totally agree yeah ben uh, if I have any closing thoughts, it's that uh, camera work has come so darn far in 3D platformers, but man, uh, just all around for a first attempt, uh, Mario 64, just kind of in general, uh, Mario has always been uh, a genuinely like remarkable, not just trend-setting, but like standard setting example of how things are done. And it's like, it's easy to go back to a game that came out like around then something like Jet Force Gemini by Rare that we were talking about earlier, uh, which, which still is a fun game, but it doesn't hold up nearly as well because it wasn't so deeply foundational. Like the, uh, well, they didn't didn't have the time, the budget, maybe the creative team. I don't, I don't know. But when you come across something like Mario that 20 years later, you can pop into the game and it immediately just like, well, feels like not just good, but still feels good, good. Like like you can imagine yourself playing the game for the first time and it seems like, it seems like you would still have fun. You know, you don't, you don't have to excuse this game for being 20 years old like you have to with a lot of games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's 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 deeply magical, mm-hmm. like really it is. And uh, you know a lot of the levels, most people remember the first levels because of the levels they got to, uh, and most people remember the Bowser levels because you know like Luke was saying they are they are true, honest, earnest, just through like thoroughbred constructions uh, of what. 3D platforming is and how it plays. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just excited to keep going. I've never actually beaten this game before because I never had the chance. But oh, oh there are some I, amazing I know levels that. coming that, up. Uh, there are some really good ones, like in the second half of this game. Yeah, I can't even wait to talk about like super the clock looking tower. forward to it. Yeah. Oh, the clock tower is one of the most difficult games in a Mario Amazing. series, but we don't, I've talk heard about tales. That now. So <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is our, uh, 
again, this is our podcast on Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, we'll be playing uh, each and every week for the foreseeable future. I'm thinking about December. Uh, through um, not only um, each level, but uh, each title, um, and be giving our perspectives, history, reviews, and anecdotes, what have you, for um, uh, this this game. Um, so uh, join us back next week um, as we dive into part two of our Super Mario 64 uh, miniseries um, from this podcast. So thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast was edited and mixed by Brianna Algren. Music was composed by Luke Rendazzo. And of course, hosted by myself, Anthony Cortez, Luke Rendazzo, and Ben Scambos. If you liked this podcast and like to continue listening, you can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast on most channels. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.